Hi, welcome to this edition of On Tap, presented by FCSI The Americas. I'm Wade Kaler, Executive Director. On Tap this week, I have the pleasure to talk to an FCSI member that I've been waiting to sit down and talk with for a while now. I admire his passion for the food service industry and his home country of Ukraine. He's a 2020 Management Excellent Award winner for FER Magazine, and amongst many others. Please welcome the president of Scopos Hospitality Group, Mr. Andre Telegus. Hi, Andre. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. Glad to be here. Absolutely. As I said before, I, uh, you know, we've we've known each other. We've talked to each other a couple of times, but really never had a chance to sit down and have a beer or anything else yet. So I've been really looking forward to uh, having this conversation. And especially uh, I know at the NRA show, we briefly talked and I've been hearing so many great stories about what you're doing that I'm really excited to learn more about things today and, and hear all the great things that you've been doing, not only in the food service industry, but on the humanitarian effort as well. So, um, but before we get to all the, uh, the good stuff, if, I guess you will, I, people do want to know, you know, a little bit more about Andre and his background. So if we could just get the started off with, tell us a little bit about your background in food service and how you got your start as a food service consultant. Yeah, so it actually goes back to our humble beginnings uh, arriving to this country as, as an immigrant. So we came here to the States uh, as a large family. Uh, so I have five brothers and five sisters. And, wow. you know, my, our parents, uh, you know, gave us the opportunity to come here. They couldn't necessarily give all of us higher education and things like that. It was up to us to pursue that. So. During high school, what I started is actually I got myself a full-time job, but I was in school. So when, when was that job? That was third shift. So I literally, from work, I went every day to, to high school. Uh, that, that was my career. And what I was doing, I was actually building cabinetry. So I worked at a big mill workshop that was producing cabinetry uh, in bulk. And I started liking that industry. So I was enjoying building kitchens. And... Uh, then when I got married, I got a AM job. So I got a real job in the morning, uh, at another mill workshop and, and that was really going well. But then, uh, nine 11 happened that high end industry took a dump. Um, and I decided to get a, um, design and drafting degree and, uh, uh, graduated that. And my externship was with Clark food service equipment. So, uh, they hired me as, as a drafter and, um, uh, I worked myself up through project management and then worked into their design department and really learned the industry. I got to do it with my hands. So I actually built cabinetry, then I installed the food service equipment. And I really learned it from the back end and really enjoyed it. It's like, wow, I enjoy doing this. So maybe I can do this for, for a living. Maybe I can start my company. And, and in 2009, I quit and started Scopus. Well, very cool. That's a, that's a very unique way of getting started. I, I know a lot of people have worked in restaurants. I don't know how many people have started by building the cabinets that would go in some of the restaurants and then worked into it. So that's very, very cool. So 2009, you started your company. Um, is there any special segments or parts of the industry that you specialize in with Scopos? So a lot of uh, healthcare, senior living, corporate dining, some specialty projects. Uh, okay. That's kind of our niche, um, as I'm sure uh, you probably recognize some of the projects that we did in senior living. That That is a big yeah. sector for us. Yeah. One of the questions I've been asking this year that I'm excited to find out more about, and I think it's a very good learning experience for anybody thinking of a career change, uh, regardless of their age or anybody coming out of hospitality school is when you got started as a food service consultant, either working for Clark or even when you're on your own, 
how long did it take you before you felt proficient at it? Or you felt like, yeah, I'm pretty good at this, or I've got a pretty good grasp on what I'm doing now. I I think it took me about uh, a year, but at the same time, um, you know, I I consider myself to be the best designer and the best uh, (laughs) detailer, because actually, even when, when I was working at Clark before leaving, I was the guy, I was the nerd. I was the nerd that was at that time, 3D was not that much relevant. And at that time, Autodesk just purchased the Revitize or the Revit program. So they were just implementing all of that. Uh, So, but I was already at that time doing a lot of 3D and and incorporating things. So, so I was the nerd at Clark uh, and really trying to push (laughs) that design and elevating that. So, uh, so, so when I left, uh, uh, how long did it took to me to learn maybe how to do it myself and not have the senior support? I think it probably took me about a year. Okay, very good. Well, you mentioned it. You led me into the next question for you very easily. Thank you very much without even knowing it. Um, with Revit and 3D Design, I know that you're heavily involved with that. How has that changed over the last couple of years for you with your clients? And kind of on a follow-up to that is where do you – well, one, do you see it lasting for – permanently? And if so, where is it going to go? Do you think next? Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, there used to be a time where we actually charged extra for the 3d work or 3d renderings and animations. You know, we're, we're yeah. at a point now that that's actually basic services, part of the basic process. Oh, wow. uh, because what we find is, is we might even internally benefit much more than the client will, because okay. we are, we are literally, uh, installing uh, the, the the virtual installation of the project, and we're detailing that. And then we're what's also kind of different about us is we do we also do branding, we also do interior design. So all bringing all of those disciplines together, integrating, and see how the finishes start, stop, and where where does the branding go, and, and all of those components. It's really crucial. Where it's going to go next? I mean, it's it's you know augmented reality is is what we're playing right now, and I think I think okay. that's going to take off. Very, very cool. Uh, what what has the reaction been from some of your clients when they've seen the three D renderings, or and now at this point, some of the augmented augmented reality you're going into? They're just in awe. I mean, there's their statements like, "Wow, I've never seen anybody present like this," or "Wow, I'm, I'm I feel like I'm inside, you know, the space." And yeah, and just uh, it, what it does is really we we walk away from meetings with full buy in, right? Because yeah, because there's no hesitation from the client. They're really they feel like they 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 understand what they're getting and what the design will be and what the end product will be. Absolutely. Well, with all that's being said, is there in, in since two thousand nine, so quite a few years now of, of owning Scopos, is there a specific project or two that come to mind when you think of some of the ones either you're first or most proud of or most challenging, whatever it might be? Yeah, actually, it just so happens we're wrapping up a really cool project that uh, it took a while, it took a while to get here. But uh, <laughs> so we are uh, uh, wrapping up our San Francisco 49ers, uh, their performance uh, uh, training facility. And uh, we actually designed and almost and started construction pre-pandemic. OK, so pre-pandemic, oh, wow. like a week before when the pandemic really hit. Uh, demo started and we pulled out ovens and everything like that and was supposed to start. But then everybody realized like time out, this is not a good time to go through a construction process. 
so they actually put the equipment back in and, and we picked oh, up that construction just earlier this year. And, um, and we just uh, finished uh, our finishing uh, our installation. What's cool about that project is the same thing. We did the whole thing. We did the branding, uh, environmental graphics, the interior design and the food service design. So it really kind of showed uh, our capabilities of, of how a full, you know, cohesive project can come together. Yeah, uh, that's very cool. Um, is, that, is that their practice facilities and such? Is that what you said? Correct. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Very nice. Very nice. Well, congratulations. I'm looking forward to seeing some of the uh, photos and videos of that. Then, That'll Yeah, we should, get the, we should get it published. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that being said, you know, over the last three years, some things have changed with designs and such. Has COVID done anything or I know we ran into some temporary stuff throughout COVID, you know, with the sneeze guards and things of that nature that kind of went a little overboard at times. Have you seen any permanent designs come out of COVID now that are moving on that have stuck or most of your designs and and projects kind of gone back to where it was before? I think some of it went back. I mean, there was a big push against salad bars, but we now see them coming back again. Uh, But I think that um, there are some positive things that uh, uh, stayed um, and, and are continue to implement in our, in our design. So what we try to, to do is start breaking up our designs into more micro venues, smaller, okay. uh, venues that are, are not necessarily too deep, uh, attached to each other, but spread out. And the other piece, since we do interior design, which is also relevant to, us, um, right. intricate and, and, you know, private zones and partitions and things like that. So it doesn't feel like it's a big, vast space. Oh, nice. I like that. So you talked about coming over as a family. Uh, you came over to the United States from Ukraine at age nine, I believe. Tell me how adjustment to life was like in the U.S. when you got here at, at 1990. It was tough. I mean, I, I, was, I was nine. Uh, we came here. We did not speak any English. You know, they, they threw us in school um, and, uh, you know, learn it, right? Um, <laughs> And, you know, like I mentioned before, a family of 11, I'm somewhere in the middle. Uh, it, it was it was uh, it was tough. And what also made tough is we moved around. We initially came to Pennsylvania, moved to Oregon, moved to Virginia and then came back to Pennsylvania. So a lot of uh, breakup, uh, not necessarily being able wow. to uh, get rooted, get friends, you know, establish those connections. Uh, but I think a part of that yeah. is 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 what built my character, my independence yeah. to, to be strong and kind of face anything because yeah. really, you know, fleeing uh, the, the former Soviet Union, uh, Ukraine, we lived in Vienna, we lived in Rome and then came, you know, to, to the States and, yeah. you know, all of that kind of built, uh, built, I think, who I am and, and, and today. Yeah. What, um, so let's, let's talk about Ukraine a little bit, because again, as I said, I admire what you've been doing. And um, I, I don't think probably a lot of our audience won't know this about you, um, but hopefully it'll help in down the road as well. But in the past year with the war in Ukraine going on, uh, or according to the Putin, not a war, um, but nonetheless, uh, you've raised almost a million dollars for those in need uh, for Ukrainian refugees. Tell us about how that got started and, and kind of where it's going and, and where it will continue to go. Yeah, so when the when the war started or the invasion started, I know 
special operation. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, you know, second day into it, um, <laughs> myself and a, and, a, and a business partner of another business, we got together and said, listen, we, we have to do something. We're Ukrainians. The first two days we were in shock and, and just disbelief because maybe something also that maybe yeah. not everybody knows. My wife is Russian. Uh, so, so here we are, you know, Ukraine, Russia, oh. and this is happening, right? And then my kids are American because they were born <laughs> here, right? So we have this this mix of experiences and yeah. feelings. And, you know, the first two days we were in shock. But, you know, the second day, end of the second day, we we, we got together. And it's like we, we have to do something because um, we knew that there's going to be a huge, massive humanitarian crisis. So, it, you know, so immediately we felt called to action yeah. and we took steps and, you know, uh, we immediately actually booked a full summer camp in Poland, uh, anticipating a lot of refugees fleeing, which uh, that was in operation for a couple months. Um, and then started uh, creating all these other programs where we could meet refugees, help them get across, get them set up, get them, have them move on. Uh, we started uh, collecting containers. So to date, we shipped five containers from Africa. Uh, we purchased seven vehicles to transport food wow. in Ukraine. Uh, through our fund um, and um, we distributed today we distributed about 240 tons of food um, in Ukraine. so we're purchasing now locally distribution wow. personal That's care amazing. packages and things like that so uh, it's uh, it's been it's been a lot of work uh, it's been a lot of work running in the business plus doing this after hours you know yeah. and late nights and, yeah. and uh, calls and, and scheduling yeah. and all that well, congratulations to you and kudos to you for such an amazing effort. And we'll make sure at the very end of the episode, we put up how people can get more information or offer support, either financially or labor, whatever it might be, uh, donations in kind or whatever. Uh, at, the, at the end of the episode, we'll put something up so people can get more to you and get more help to those people that need it um, in, an, in an unbelievable crisis that's going on. So uh, again, kudos to you and uh, hopefully the marriage is still going well and you know so we don't have your own little war going on at home <laughs> yeah everyone's like so how's dinner you know it's like no <laughs> <laughs> um so throughout this career though you you know you've been involved with a lot of projects you've you've i know you know a lot of the consultants and a lot of the people and uh, players in the industry is there anybody in particular that's had a great greater influence on your career so far? Well, I mean, I think I think Fred Clark. You know, he recently has been admitted to the Hall of Fame. I always admired the man. Right? Yeah. He he really. I yeah. think he thought out, outside of the box. Right. I worked for him for five years. Right. Uh, closely, especially before this big boom that they experienced, mm -hmm. and, and I, I feel like I learned from him. You know, there's certainly influence that he had on me to to think outside yeah. the box to think think uh not just you know tunnel vision hey this is this is all i do and this is it and this is kind of what scopus is we we provide all those other yeah. uh, components we do culinary operational consulting we do branding we do food service we do interior yeah. design so so being able to kind of think of cohesive full package full services so I, I, I will accredit that to Fred Clark, that he really has inspired and motivated me for the industry. Nice. 
what's one thing about Andre people would never guess about you after sitting down and talking with you? Like some little secret or hobby or habit? Um, I am an artist. Uh, I used to play soccer in high school as well. Uh, okay. But I, I do I do painting. I do oil painting as, as a passion of mine. Uh, it runs in the family. We're all artists and very creative. Maybe nice. maybe perhaps that's also why I had this desire of design and consulting. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, nice. What's I know you you've got a large firm. You you've brought a lot of people in of various backgrounds and and experiences. What's one piece of advice you give to anyone thinking, whether they're coming out of hospitality school, whether they're thinking about a career change, what's one piece of advice you give to somebody about coming, becoming a food service consultant? Hands-on experience first, because uh, I, I really also credit that uh, when we started working with architects, it was like, wow, your millwork details look really good, right? Where did that come from? Well, I built cabinetry. So we yeah. detailed and designed things that could actually get fabricated, right? And that, that was a strong point. And, and I accredited that from mm -hmm. uh, from World yeah. Plus, my experience at Clark, I installed food service equipment. So when we, we configured something, my mind was working, could somebody build this? Could somebody install this? Does it work? Does it fit? So, so that hands-on experience yeah. was very crucial, fundamental. Uh, foundation for for scopus well that's all the formal questions i've got for you today but before we let you go you know i like to have a little bit of fun and i've got a set of would you rather questions um so we'll just dig right into that the first one is would you rather buy 10 items you don't need every time you go to the store or forget the one item that you do need every time you go to the store buy extra <laughs> okay <laughs> Would you rather have a personal maid or a personal chef? Personal chef. 100%. Okay. Very good. Would you rather be an extra in an Oscar-winning movie or a lead in a box office bomb? Extra. Extra? Okay. Would you rather be able to watch nothing but Hallmark Christmas movies for the rest of your life or nothing but horror movies for the rest of your life? Uh. I'll have to live with the Hallmark. <laughs> okay. My wife would enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> would you rather have a pause or a rewind button in your life? Rewind. Would you rather personally win $25,000 or have your best friend win $100,000? Best friend win $100,000. Nice. Would you rather be in a zombie apocalypse or a robot apocalypse? A robot apocalypse, because I could probably reprogram them. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. I like that. Would you rather give up your cell phone for a month or give up bathing for a month? Cell phone. Okay. Nobody's given up bathing still. I, every person Sanitation so far is crucial, especially post-pandemic, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Would you rather be able to speak any language or be able to communicate with animals? Speak any language. Would you rather always have an annoying song stuck in your head or always have an itch that you can't reach? Annoying song. <laughs> okay. Would you rather read the book or watch the movie? Uh, easier to watch a movie nowadays, yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> Especially with all the free, all that quote unquote free yeah. time that you have. Exactly. Um, would you rather own your own theme park or own your own zoo? Own my own zoo. Okay. Now you want to talk to animals, don't you? Well. <laughs> Uh, would you rather be compelled to high five everyone you meet or be compelled to give a wedgie to anyone in a green shirt? High five. Okay. Would you rather have a completely automated home or a self-driving car? Uh, completely automated home. All right. And the last one, would you rather be able to go to any theme park in the world for free for the rest of your life or be able to eat for free at any drive through restaurant for the rest of your life? Eat free through any drive through because then uh, my trips, my projects, phew, that, that's hate. <laughs> <laughs> well, very good. That's all I've got for you today, Andre. But before we let you go, tell everybody how they can find out more information about you and Scopos. Uh, go to uh, scoposag.com and uh, you can look us up there. I'm sure you'll be able to find me there and reach out uh, to, to us. Uh, Info at scoposage.com. Glad to help. Very good. Well, that wraps up this edition of On Tap presented by FCSI The Americas. A huge thank you to Andre Telegoose for joining us today on the show. Be sure to like and subscribe whatever platform you use. And as always, cheers. Cheers.